Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. listening to an Amber a Day, the Functional Nutrition Podcast, and I'm Amber Fisher. Today, I'm really excited. I'm here with Esmeralda Cardenas, who is a licensed professional counselor who works with uh, mostly women who are dealing with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. I'm going to let her talk a little bit about what she does and what she specializes in before we get going. Well, thank you so much, first and foremost, for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation And yes, like you mentioned, I do work with primarily with women dealing with um, depression and anxiety during pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I also see um, women in general, adults in general, um, dealing with all sorts of other issues. Um, A little bit of trauma, shame and guilt, uh, parenting issues. I provide... Uh, Christian services as well, Christian counseling services, and I also see um, family and relationship issues. Um, You know that we always run into that type of stuff, Mm -hmm. having difficult relationships and knowing how to maneuver those. Um, Definitely. (laughs) Yes, and so a little bit of everything, but I do very much just focus on seeing adults at the moment. Yeah, so she's an expert, and I wanted to bring her in to talk today about these kind of women's issues. Uh, Well, not just women's issues, all people issues, because everyone loves a woman and might have a woman in their life who is going through postpartum depression or some type of, you know, fertility issue, whatever it may be. And so we wanted to talk about kind of that whole process and the intersection of nutrition with Mm -hmm. uh, therapy and how those two things can really work together to help a woman kind of overcome um, these obstacles that she's facing. So let me ask you, because you probably know a lot more about this than I do, how common is postpartum depression? So postpartum depression really affects one in seven women generally. They're are you know they're they're finding a little bit now that it may potentially be one in five yeah I was gonna say that's not that doesn't sound high enough right right and they're definitely finding that it's a lot more common the mm-hmm. only thing is that sometimes you know with the stigma that comes from talking to your doctor or talking to any provider right. about what you're going through and sometimes not even knowing how to identify whether you're experiencing some sort of struggle postpartum or during pregnancy might probably also limit the amount of people that report it. Yeah, so one of the things I was going to ask you is do you think that women don't report this as much as is really maybe going on because they're worried about how they're going to be perceived? Or Right, yeah. right. I, yes, completely. I myself 
did not report um, what I was dealing with. I experienced anxiety and depression at mm-hmm. the same time, and I was too afraid. Mm-hmm. And as a therapist in training at the time, expecting my son, um, I just, I even remember going to see my OBGYN and she specifically asked me, you know, if I was experiencing certain symptoms and I already knew what she was asking Mm -hmm. me. So I said, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I think that's, um, that's something that those of us, uh, who work in these healing Mm -hmm. professions, we get into that a lot as well. And a lot of women are drawn to healing professions Mm -hmm. as well. So I think this is something that's very common, but when you feel like, you know, for me as a nutritionist, um, if I'm struggling with something nutrition related, I, you know, I don't want to admit it. In fact, I was at the doctor's the other day and just a simple thing. They were, they were drawing my blood and they said, are you drinking enough water? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they know I they know all about my practice and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I don't drink enough water. But I was, you know, it's just a simple, silly little thing. But I was embarrassed to admit right. it right. because this is my career. This is my profession. Mm-hmm. I should carry around a bottle all the time and drink my water. But um, I think... It's tough for women to admit that they're that they're going through these things, especially like with you. You knew all the signs and things, right. and yet you still didn't want to let people know about it. I mean, why right. do you think that that is? Well, I think that a lot of that comes with these certain expectations that we place on ourselves, and not just ourselves, but also these societal expectations, cultural expectations. Right. You know, for me, from my cultural background. Coming from a Hispanic background, you know, there's this idea that I need to have it all together as a mom, that I need to have my house clean, that I need to have hot meals ready, that I, you know, all Mm -hmm. these expectations that I think it's, it's not necessarily, and that you don't (laughs) need help with any of it while adjusting Mm -hmm. to a new human being in your life that is very much needing of all of you. Yeah. And so it's it's very overwhelming. I think that there's just a lot of like you said embarrassment mm-hmm. with with acknowledging that because of these expectations that we set on ourselves and maybe even family members and cultural society, you know, those things that we hear on social media and there's just so many reasons, but I think that also deep down inside it's it's those things that are in our mind that we allow to just be there and let us tell us that this is what we need to be doing or what we should be doing right I think you're a hundred percent right and really there's nothing to be embarrassed about a lot Mm -hmm. of this stuff in fact I think most of it is biological I mean it comes from this process of when you're carrying a human being inside of you and you're growing that human there's so many hormones involved right. they're at quadruple even more higher than they would be normal naturally mm-hmm. so you're dealing with all of that and a lot right. of women think oh you know we're hormonal creatures so we we just adjust to these hormones and they don't really make a difference in how mm-hmm. we feel but they absolutely do progesterone yes. has a uh, very calming sedative effect, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why women, when they're pregnant, they often feel very, very tired. Um, But what else does that cause? I mean, it doesn't just make you sleepy. It makes you feel like 
you're overwhelmed with all your responsibilities and you don't have the energy to get them done. And then, mm-hmm. you know, estrogen causes anxiety. So there's all these things at play that really uh, biologically can can cause you to have all these um, feelings that you don't even relate to the fact right. that it's, it's the hormones talking, essentially. Yeah. Then you give birth and, of course you're going through the process of these things trying to calm down and there's withdrawal periods Mm -hmm. and it's very complicated and I don't think that there's anything, um, you know, to be embarrassed about. And not only that, but then you're also dealing with the psychological implications of you've got a baby now and you have all these responsibilities and you have all these expectations of yourself. You have this fantasy of what Mm -hmm. it was going to be like to have a child. And it doesn't always work out that way. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's a major, it's a major issue. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that it's getting more attention now. Yes, I am very glad too. Unfortunately, San Antonio, I think, is a little bit um, behind Behind. on, on just doing more work for postpartum and pregnancy. Um, and so I'm really hopeful because there's, I know that there's a lot of awesome things going on around the area to grow a little bit more awareness. And, you know, I think you're, you're, you're so right. I think also I see one thing that I'm really, really adamant about asking people that I work with is just how are, you know, have you checked in with your, your primary doctor about vitamin D deficiencies, um, are they taking omega, their omegas? Right. You know, um, right. also B twelve. Right. Because we because there's research also that talks about how those can very much lead to symptoms of depression, absolutely anxiety, and all those things. So nutrition, I think, plays an absolute key role in recovery totally. and during pregnancy. Oh yeah, totally. And I think as a culture, we kind of acknowledge the role of nutrition during pregnancy because people take their prenatals, Mm -hmm. right? So they know that, okay, there are some nutrients that I have to get to prevent these different disorders. But other than that, I think we have this concept as a country that you need to eat for two and um, you can eat, you just eat whatever you want, whatever you're craving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, you're you are doing an important job here and it requires important minerals, nutrients, Um, that you're not going to get from, not to say that you can't go get donuts or french fries or whatever it may be, but your focus really, um, if if you can, should be on eating the most nutrient-dense, healthy yes. food possible because, you know, you're, you're nourishing a baby and yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, don't forget about yourself in this process. And uh, that carries into afterwards with, yes. you know, whether you're breastfeeding or not. Mm-hmm. Um but as your body is recovering and all that, it, you you require a lot more nutrition to get all that stuff done. I mean, it, it's a major, major process on your body. Mm-hmm. And I, I work with people all the time who come in with vitamin D deficiency. I mean, that's super common. And mm-hmm. they do I, they do struggle with, with depression. I have a lot of people come in with very low mood. And mm-hmm. you get them on a little bit of vitamin D. And it's amazing the miracles yes. that that can work. Yes. Just that, you know. And that's not always the only thing going on, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that, if that's a factor, I think it, it really pays to have it checked. It, I think it most, it depends on your doctor. Um, if right. they'll order it or they'll order it for you usually, but, um, sometimes your insurance won't cover it, but it's like $60. It's worth checking to see yes. if it's low because yeah, yeah, definitely. And I definitely also, if, if we know that we are not 
when we welcome a baby into our family as as especially moms we tend to just be so focused on caring for the child right. and sometimes you know fo- focusing on what we're struggling with without really talking to anyone about it that distress level just goes up so one of the number one things that goes out the door is well one our sleep because yeah. that's just sometimes the nature of it right. um but two then it's it's our nutrition yeah right it's the in our water intake right. our just one thing that i always talk to moms about is just keeping a bowl of nuts next to wherever they breastfeed so that they can at least snack on something that's a little bit more dense in nutrition like you right. said and nuts is just something that we don't regularly have as a part of our diet and that contains so many good nutrients that we need. Yeah, certain nuts like um, Brazil nuts, for example, Mm -hmm. you have two Brazil nuts in a day and you get your daily recommended amount of selenium, which is a nutrient that Mm. is hardly found in any any food. It's one of those things that you usually have to supplement. Mm -hmm. And selenium plays a huge role in your thyroid function, which a lot of women deal with hypothyroidism Mm -hmm. either during and after pregnancy. So these are they're simple things but they're they're dense they're nutritious and they're better than reaching for a bag of potato chips and they're easy too and I, I think we have to be it's hard to be careful here because hey quick question for you are you someone who wants to be fit healthy and happy And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. You know, on the one hand, it's like it would be easy to say your nutrition is the most important thing. And as a nutritionist, I do believe that. So it's easy to say, you know, you need to focus on this so much. But at the same time, that becomes another one of those burdens as a new mom that like makes you feel guilty and Mm -hmm. feel bad about yourself and can lead to these symptoms of postpartum depression. So it's about finding a balance. What can you make that's as nutritious as possible that's also easy? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, can you hopefully you have a support system? who you can turn to and say, look, I'm struggling here. I need some help. Mm -hmm. You know, can someone grocery shop for me or, or, you know, can your husband cook? Yeah, definitely. Can you teach him to cook? (laughs) If you had, if you're fortunate enough to have somebody in your life like that, which not everybody is, but, um, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, um, we kind of have to have to look at there. There are ways to make nutrition, easy and it doesn't have to be a real complicated thing it's all about them the biggest principle is eat a um a good portion of like a high quality protein source you know fish is great um most kinds of meats are great as long as you make sure that they're as healthy as possible so ideally you'd eat organic or grass-fed if you can um if not you eat the leanest cut possible and then you do a lot of vegetables and healthy fats and that's really all you need yeah. to get all your nutrition. You don't need to really worry about all that other stuff. So Right. And, and I really like how you mentioned um, the support. You know, having a good support system is always going to be very important. 
And I think that that's possibly another area where most of us struggle Um, with postpartum depression and anxiety having so much of a negative stigma still. A lot of the times the stressors that come from, you know, say that you do go to your doctor, you do see a therapist for these um, struggles that you're having, and then you go and tell somebody from your family member and, you know, they might just say something that, they're like, what? I had X many children, never experienced any of that. Or, you know, people make comments. You just comments. have the blues. Yes. And You'll so get that, over it. That, that'll just sometimes even make you feel more defeated, yeah. embarrassed, or guilty, or ashamed because right. you're going through that. So if you really think about it, women that are going through postpartum struggles mm-hmm. are being pulled like, a rubber band you know yeah. you're being pulled in all sorts of different directions yeah. but still expect to kind of go back to your to your form right. right and it's it's just so so intense for some women experiencing these things it's a lot of weight that they have to carry on their shoulders so whenever you said you know it can become a burden to be worrying almost about yourself right to be taking care of yourself in the form of nutrition or in other forms, it really does feel stressful because you feel like, well, what, what do I focus on first? Right. You know, right. and so it is, I think in addition to what you said about nutrition being important, I think it is that emotional wellness is very, very important because at the end of the day, if emotionally we're not doing well, everything else is going to fall apart, mm-hmm. you know, and if we don't have a good support system, it's going to be hard to be where we would like to be. I don't think it's impossible, but it's difficult. Yeah, it's definitely more difficult. Yeah. The cool thing about nutrition and you know, therapy are that they go so well together. Yeah. Because nutrition deals with that biological aspect. Mm-hmm. And if you focus on that and you get that under control, it helps your emotional well-being. And then at the same time, if your emotional well-being is good or you're working yeah. on that, it helps you focus on your nutrition. Definitely. So they it's a feedback system where right. they really play into each other really well. So I always recommend um, all my clients have a counselor or somebody that they can you know, mm-hmm. talk to. I, I'll admit, I get a lot of people in here, and I think they come to see me because uh, they need somebody to talk to. And it's, it, it feels easier for some people to say, oh, I'm seeing a nutritionist who I can talk mm-hmm. to rather than, oh, I'm seeing a counselor because of the yes. stigma, yes. which is so silly because it, you know, people don't even realize, a lot of people don't even realize what goes into counseling and mm-hmm. how really helpful and supportive and not intimidating it is. Yes. Um, so, yes. but, you know, I think just to put it out there to everyone who's listening, having a counselor who you can go and talk to is so important. It doesn't I don't care what you're dealing with in your life or if your life is going great. It's just wonderful to have somebody who can help guide you through life um, and help you guide yourself, I suppose, through life. But mm-hmm. I think one thing I want to I want to talk about that you were kind of mentioning is how women are going through this, they're kind of overwhelmed by all these emotions, but I think a lot of women don't even realize that there's a name for this or that uh, there's even anything going wrong. They can't. They can't put a finger on what's happening to them. So how right. how would you tell a, help a woman understand that she is going through 
postpartum depression specifically? How would she figure that out? So that is something I think very important and it can get very confusing. Um, And I think that this is why it's also important to seek the help, especially if we are feeling like it. Generally speaking, most people um, will comment something like, I'm just not feeling like myself. And that generally can open the door to just, even if it means calling somebody for a consultation, just to see if there are possible symptoms. Um, We know that what we have heard of the baby blues is something that generally only lasts about two weeks. And with the baby blues, you experience, you can potentially experience, you know, crying, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, you know, you're adjusting to all of this to this new environment with a new child, with your family. You haven't slept. Exactly, you (laughs) haven't slept. So your body's kind of going through this transition, right? So baby blues are very common. And, And then at the same time, some women don't experience them. But they generally only last two to three weeks max. Anything after that, if you continue to experience just unexpected crying, um, if you're feeling like you're experiencing mood swings or if you're ha- you're feeling very overwhelmed and feeling like you can't necessarily function throughout your day, um, to th- it can go up to the um, extent of having very intrusive thoughts, um, very uncomfortable thoughts that sometimes it's hard for us to acknowledge having those thoughts because sometimes they can be thoughts toward yourself or toward baby. And so I think that if if you're in doubt, it's better safe than sorry, right? To just reach out to a provider and being able to discuss what it is you're going through so that you can get that additional support and clarification on, on if there is something going on. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that most insurances, if if you're fortunate enough to have health insurance, will cover Mm -hmm. you seeing a counselor. Um, Right. So, you know, it's a lot of people think they're going to have to either pay out of pocket for it and it's outside of the realm of possibility for them. But there are a lot of different ways that that you can make this work. And I think it's it's worth trying to fit it into your life, even if you do have yeah. to pay out of pocket for it or what have you. Yes, I think that one of the, one of the greatest things about, well, I mean, I don't want to say greatest things, but one thing about depression and anxiety or even, you know, obsessive compulsive disorders during pregnancy or after pregnancy is that they are treatable. Mm-hmm. You know, that that you can definitely find yourself at a better place. But speaking from personal experience, I didn't treat it because of that shame and embarrassment that I felt as a therapist in training, see, you know, acknowledging to my doctor that I was struggling with something. Um is that the effects of it will last a lot longer if you don't seek treatment. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, I, do, I did also want to add that sometimes, you know, we think if everything is in order, if our children are not crying, if our children are, you know, 
doing as we want them to do, we think that we're fine, right? But that's not always necessarily true as well because we can also enter into compulsive behavior. And so we have to be careful and, you know, I, it, we may be functioning in that, but it doesn't mean that it's a healthy environment. Right. And so it's just important to, like I said, when in doubt, there's nothing wrong with seeking support from a provider to make sure that everything is going according to what is best for our health in general. Right. And I think it's it's wise to seek help from all the different aspects of it. You know, go to your doctor, get your blood work done. Yes. Um, thyroid see, Yeah, you get your thyroid checked, um, get your vitamin D checked, have your cholesterol checked because if your cholesterol is high, it could indicate... Um, you know, that there's some inflammation going on. And mm-hmm. one cool thing that's been coming out in the research lately is that they've been determining that a lot of depression is an inflammatory condition. It's a side effect of chronic inflammation. And if you know anything from reading my blogs or listening to me talk, inflammation is probably the biggest problem facing modern societies, especially America. And um, that chronic inflammation which is different from acute inflammation like when you break a bone. This is like a low-level, low-grade inflammation that's going on all the time throughout your entire body. But what that does is um, it causes all these side effects in your body, and one of them can be depression. And so there can be a huge, I mean, there's a huge biological component to this that sometimes I think people don't acknowledge Um, But I've seen that in my practice because one of the things I work with is anxiety, depression, and, um, you know, mood disorders. And nutrition plays a huge role in in coming to terms with those um, and sometimes in overcoming them. Um, You know, it depends on the issue that's going on, but there's a lot that can be done for those um, just, just with your nutrition. And if you pair that with you know, a therapist and you've got your doctor's support, I mean, you can really make major changes. So I think Definitely. it's worth looking at, it's worth looking at that as well. That's just a little plug for nutrition that I always have to put in there, but there's a lot of cool research coming out on mm-hmm. that. You know, the brain is directly connected yes. to, um, to the gut through the vagus nerve and the gut is where obviously we process all the food that we eat and the food that we eat is the fuel for our cells. So if we're not getting what we need, you know, um, that's sending the wrong signals to the brain. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on, and then there's a lot of like the the. And I'm not an expert on this. This is your area, but the you know not having the right coping skills for things and not really knowing how to manage these different things going on and these emotions that you're having or these hormonal things that are going on with you, especially. So um, you've got to have the those things paired together. And I always tell my clients that because I get a lot of people who come to see me and they only want to think about their condition as biological. Mm. Like, okay, I just need to get my nutrition under control and I just need to find out what my food sensitivities are and then I'll overcome my depression or anxiety. Mm. And they don't want to deal with the fact that, you know, a lot of that is is coming from things that are deeper than that, that are right. emotional in nature right. or um, and that they need to work those things out with somebody, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's you, I think 
probably have, you probably get people who are the opposite, right? They want to just deal with the emotional aspect and they don't want to look at the physical aspect of it. Right. But yes. it's about putting them together. That's exactly. The key. I mean, and I, I completely agree in that holistic process. Yes. You know, of, of making sure that nutrition wise, you know, anything from, you know, sleep to outdoor, um, time to movement to nutrient you know everything we put in our body plays a really really big role in our emotional well-being but then also like you said earlier vice versa right right so it's so important and I really I'm excited because I know that there is more research that's coming out to prove more of that Mm -hmm. and so I'm very excited about that because just as much as we can work on the emotional aspect, on the relational aspect of difficulties that we struggle with, it is important for me to make sure that my clients are getting enough sleep and that they're eating, you know, they're having a dense nutrition, you know, and that there's movement in our lives. And that's something that we all have right. to work on, you yes. know, even myself. Oh, I'm yeah. not, you know, me too. I, that's just something that we have to incorporate and being flexible to yeah. switching it up and prioritizing as we discover, prioritizing what's the most important. Right. I love that medicine and um, health are moving in this more holistic direction yes. where. We're different practitioners. Mm-hmm. Are all we're all starting to work together and understand the intersections. Yes. Because in the past, it would have been you know you'd see your doctor for this, mm-hmm. and your counselor would be over here for that, and your nutrition. If you saw a nutritionist, they'd be way over here, right? And now it's like okay, well, counselors they need to be aware of these nutritional aspects, right. and so you know that whole realm is is learning, and we're mm-hmm. learning about emotional aspects and you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And doctors, this is the really cool part, I think, are really opening up to both of those things, to nutrition and to, to therapy right. as being right. necessary interventions. And realizing, mm-hmm. too, that they can't do it all. I've, yeah. I've got several doctors who, um, you know, refer clients and talking to some of them, one of the frustrations that they have is that while they see all this new research coming out about nutrition they realize that they don't have the time to do it because it's they only have 15 minutes. You mm-hmm. know, whereas like a counselor, you've got an hour with somebody. You can do a right. lot of work in an hour. As a nutritionist, I've got time. You know, we can do mm-hmm. really important work that a doctor just doesn't have time to do. Right. So I think that's really cool. But like you said, the the collaboration, I think, is, is important. And so I'm also very happy that we're moving forward right. in that direction. Yeah. So speaking of collaboration, um, let's talk a little bit about like support systems and family. Mm -hmm. How, how would a family member, I mean, we talked about how you could recognize in yourself that Mm -hmm. maybe you were going through these issues as a woman, but how would a family member recognize these things? And then how would they, how could they be supportive to somebody going through this? Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this because the most difficult part about just with including family members in this process, it I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Sometimes as as moms and even dads, we have a hard time acknowledging that we're struggling with something. Um, therefore, we put on these masks, right, of saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing fine. 
everybody asks us, oh, how are you doing? And our answer is generally this automatic, I'm good, right? Right. But there's so much more hiding behind that. And so it's hard for family members to be able to identify if something is going on. The biggest thing I think is for us as family members and friends to be actively engaged with the person or with the family and checking in with them and don't just maybe don't just accept that I'm good Mm -hmm. but elaborate a little bit more oh well are you getting enough sleep or how's the sleep going um hey I would love to take you some food what what would what's your favorite let me take you something being more taking more initiative in the ways that we help because those are potential ways that will open the door because when you when you show that to somebody that means that you care right and it doesn't necessarily mean you don't care if you ask how are you doing but if you want to make sure that they're doing really well or that you know what's going on then it's a good opportunity to open the door and say hey I brought you your favorite meal today or hey now we have Uber Eats and door. I mean, I'm not advertising, but <laughs> hey, there's help, there's healthy stuff on Uber there's, Eats. Yes, there's there's deliveries. You know, yeah. so now it's it's even a matter of saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some food and just send a delivery over. Yeah, that's true. Um, or just checking in with mom and saying, hey, I know that you're home today. I'd love to come visit and check in with them. Or the if you do have a closer relationship to that person. I think it's a matter of noticing whether they start to become more isolated, whether maybe you invite them out and they're just constantly saying that they don't want to, or you see mood changes in them. Right. You know, you see maybe their energy levels decreasing a bit. Um, maybe you go and visit and you notice that mom doesn't sit down to eat, or maybe you notice tension between the the couple. Um, it, it's okay to then at that point make note and, and bring it up to their attention in a loving and caring way. Right. And I think that that's always really important, you know, coming from a place of love for that person or that family and really coming from, Hey, I'm noticing that I'm noticing these changes with you. Are you doing okay? Like, tell me with honesty because I want to support you. Yeah. And so coming from that place, I think is the best thing that we can do. Not necessarily coming from the place of, you know, why is your house a mess? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why are you eating that? It just all sorts of stuff that sometimes, unfortunately, people make those comments yeah, and do. it's not going to help that person open up. No. And if you're asking someone to open up to you too, be open to their response. It may not be what you want to hear. Yes. And uh, don't get stuck in the trap of giving advice. Oh, yes. The advice givers are the worst. I know whenever you're going through an issue, I think talk about this with people going through grief as well, mm-hmm. you know. Don't give them these little pithy sayings like, oh, well, I had kids and it it turned out just fine. You'll be okay, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. I mean, sometimes those kinds of comments are called for. It depends on the situation. But, you know, usually you just want to be a listening ear, kind of be there for them, not really so much 
feel like you need to just fix it for them. Right. Because they obviously have to do that work for themselves and Mm -hmm. figure out what's going on with them. So be careful there because I think a lot of us, especially if we we care, sometimes we care Mm -hmm. too much and Mm -hmm. we... We overdo it with our uh, need to help. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, practical help is much more appreciated Mm -hmm. when you're going through something. You know, Mm -hmm. like bringing me a meal or helping me clean or whatever it may be is going to be so much more appreciated than um, advice. Yes. You know, that I may or may not like hearing Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So Yeah. And to add to that, I would say... You know, for maybe anyone that's listening that is dealing with postpartum depression, anxiety, or any struggles that you're having with adjusting to a new baby, is that if somebody does offer to help, just take it. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, I know that it can be difficult because we start to think like, oh, maybe I'm not doing enough of a good job or I need to be the one taking care of all those things. But it's okay to take the help. It's okay to have people love on you. Yeah. And Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Remember this too, that sometimes the other person is getting a lot out of that as well you know Mm -hmm. don't feel like you're a burden on these other people if they're reaching out and they want to help you they get something out of that too you know they feel good for having helped you so you're almost Mm -hmm. giving them a gift in a way letting them help you yeah it's really true so um you know and that that's that goes for a lot of different issues in life especially you know when people give you gifts Mm -hmm. there are certain type of people who don't like getting gifts you know because you know, they don't want somebody else to be buying them stuff. But you have to remember that sometimes it's a gift for the person who's giving the gift to give you that gift. Wow, that's a tongue twister there. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, we're running a little short on time. So I want to ask you just before kind of we reach the end here, mm-hmm. what would be your biggest advice for women in that group, for women with postpartum depression? What's the biggest thing that you'd say? I know it's hard to narrow it down, but. Um... Oh man, my biggest advice, my, I think I, I really try to do a lot, a lot of work with my moms in really getting them to see that it's okay to have grace, to give yourself grace. Um, and the other thing that along with that, I think part of accepting to give yourself grace it's, you know, I think just on Instagram a few days ago, I posted that um, there was this quote that talked about focusing on being, how do I say this? Like focusing on trying to get ourselves back, right? When what if getting ourselves back is not what we need, mm-hmm. but what we need is to just redefine who we are now as moms. And I think that 
I love doing that type of work because we can, I remember being at that place and feeling like I need to have my body back and I need to have my life back and I need to have X, Y, and Z, whatever I felt like I didn't have anymore. And it took a lot of time and effort and dedication to accept that I was no longer that person, Mm -hmm. that I was a new version of Mm -hmm. myself. And accepting that and accepting it with grace Mm -hmm. and giving myself grace in the process of rediscovering who I was as a mom. Yeah, I read, uh, I was reading an article in the New York Times just yesterday about, I guess I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's, what's it called, matricence or matricence? The process, it's there's a word for it, the the actual physiological, emotional process of becoming a mother. Mm. And it's what they said in the article is it's the biggest, most profound change yes. that women go through. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to be the same person that right. you were before right. that because right. it's so fundamental to your entire thinking of yourself. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're never going to be the same. So no. it's, it, I love that. It's all about redefining yourself. Who yeah. are you now? Right. And I think just the whole part of being, of having grace with ourselves, it's, that's a daily thing. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's maybe the dishes didn't get done today. Right. That is okay. Maybe you didn't eat uh, your wild caught salmon today, you know, maybe you had a hamburger. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that a lot with nutrition because I think, you know, unless we're dealing with a really specific health condition where it's really important not to, most people, they can have a little grace with themselves. They can have a meal on the weekends that's outside of their plan. They can, um, have a vice, you know, Mm -hmm. like if they just love, I don't know, ice cream. They can have ice cream once in a while. It's, it's, you're not going to ruin all of this hard work that you're doing mm-hmm. on your health by having one or two little things here and there. Right. You know, it's about the, it's about the culmination of all this stuff and mm-hmm. all the hard work that you're putting in. You know, I mean, if your dishes aren't done or your house isn't spick and span, like you have a new human here and it's grow. Look how it's growing. Right. It's healthy and stuff. I mean, that's an accomplishment right there. Right. So right. That took a lot of energy. Yeah. So I don't blame you. So yeah. yeah and even in that process of being a parent, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we read so much information and it's everywhere and it's really about... I live by this. It's really about really being confident in what you want to do for your child and understanding maybe what type of values and morals you want them to have and really focusing on how you can bring that forward, you know, and not really from breastfeeding to to sleep training to what type of diapers to buy. There's so many decisions and everybody has something to say. And if you're finding yourself being extremely frustrated and overwhelmed with that process, it's really going to be a a process of separating yourself from those people and really tapping into what is important to you and making those decisions, you know, because I think a lot of the times depression and anxiety can really get worse if we allow the external input to drive us and and to control us in a sense. And it's really hard to get to that point of not letting it do that, but that's what a therapist can help you Mm -hmm. with. I think that may be 
the most difficult thing mm-hmm. that most uh, people have to do. And a lot of people go through this, I think, in their 20s, which is mm-hmm. when a lot of women become moms, to let go of what other people think of you and mm-hmm. worry about what you want to be for yourself, who you right. want to be, where you want to go. Um I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s, so I can't say what it's like for those who are older than me, but I know that for my peers and a lot of the people that I talk to, that seems to be the biggest, the biggest kind yeah. of emotional change that we go mm-hmm. through during that time is let's let go of all this external stuff. It doesn't right. really matter what other people think of you. It right. only really matters what, what you think of yourself and what you uh, want to become and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um... Okay. Well, this was awesome. So this was a really good conversation. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Um, I want to go over a couple of little things before we get done here. So first of all, I'm taking questions from listeners. So if you've got a nutrition question or a life question or whatever kind of question you want to ask, please email it to me at anamberadaypodcast at gmail.com. And I'm answering those questions on the air. So uh, thank you to those of you who have sent them already. Um, don't worry, they're in the works for future podcasts. Uh, the other thing is, if you are listening to this on an app that has the ability to re- leave a five-star review, please do so. We would appreciate any reviews that you can give us um, because it helps us get seen. And uh, I know Esme- Esmeralda has a uh, resource that she wants to share for women who are dealing with uh, postpartum depression. So if you want to go ahead and share that with us. Yes, so sometimes, you know, reaching out to a therapist might be difficult, but there is a um, website called postpartum.net, I believe it is. I hope I'm getting that right, or postpartum.com. And there's also a helpline that they have, and so you can call this helpline if you ever really feel like you would just like to talk to someone, Um, and the number is 1-800-944-4773. If you would like to text, it is 503-894-9453. So I hope that those are helpful. Uh, Maybe it's the first step that we need to take just to reach out for help. Definitely. So I hope y'all will take advantage of of that kind of stuff. And if you're interested in seeing Esmeralda as a counselor, um, I'm going to give you her information here. And you can look in the description box of the podcast as well, and you'll see that in there. Um, She's with Pillars of Life Counseling. She is located in Holotus, right? Yes. Okay. And so her website is www.pillarsoflifecounseling.com. Her email address is Elsmeralda at pillarsoflifecounseling.com. And her phone number is 210-429-8068. So definitely give her a call if you are in that situation um, or or you have any of the things going on that she mentioned earlier that she specializes in. And uh, she's a great counselor, so she can help you, you out. And if you'd like to get a hold of me for my nutrition services, 210-391-6790 is my number. And I would be happy to help you. So hope y'all enjoyed this. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.